myself, Cashman, Boone, the coaches, I mean, we're, we're responsible, right? I mean, we're, we're in charge. So at some level we're responsible for what's going on, but make no mistake about it. I mean, my opinion, the majority of the responsibility, whether it's the responsibility of, of inconsistent offense or bad base running, et cetera, that responsibility lies with the players. They're the ones on the field, right? Uh, they're a group of very talented professional athletes that are playing this game at the highest level in the world, they need to fix this problem. Uh, they need to fix the problem because everyone, including our fan base, rightfully so, has had enough, quite frankly. Uh, it's enough. Flip, those are some strong words from Hal Steinbrenner, who spoke to the media on Thursday. And that quote in particular, I think, was incredibly strong. He said, essentially, he's had enough. How about you, Flip? Yeah, I'm kind of there too. I mean, if the the boss is there, I mean, yeah, he's there, and um, I'm kind of there too. I mean, how could you not? I mean, how can you not be upset with the way the team has performed? How can you not be upset with the the lack of situational hitting? How could you be not upset with the the sort of the collapse of the starting pitching? How could you not be upset with the bullpen, who's who's really great, but has it been it's been overused? It just happens, worked out that way. But you know, they're having their issues now, and and. You know, sloppy defense and bad base running. It's it's been you name it. The Yankees have committed it. You know, have committed that that sin, the baseball sin. So, you know, they got they got to figure it out. I mean, they, they or or they'll find themselves uh, totally out of the race. So it's a challenge to them, but it is on the players. You know, they they're paid to perform and they're professionals, and they get paid good money to go do their jobs. So you know what? They really haven't done their jobs the way they should be done. So now they have to look at themselves and they have to go deep dig deep and they have to go do what they're what they're supposed to do they they have to perform they have to live up to the back of those baseball cards and so far they're not doing it even remotely most of them anyway so the yankees need to look at themselves look in the mirror and, and straighten this out because they're the only what's it's only going to happen on the field so the players are the ones that have to do that although i do think that you know, there's accountability accountability goes uh, goes everywhere but the reality is it really the first and foremost is with the players I'm glad you said that about the players because that's one of the things about Hal's quote that I really like, right? He puts that, the onus squarely on the players. It's not the management out there running the bases. So, if like, for example, you know, I think Hal said, these are, um, what was the word? These are the greatest athletes in the world, I think he said. And, and that's true. Like, I look back to high school and we would be put in a classroom and have a class on how to run bases. It would take an hour. We'd look at videos. Then we'd get tested. I don't envision Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton being crammed into classroom desks taking a test. They should know how to run bases by now. And I'm just using those two because they're big and the visual of them sitting in the, the seat would be funny. But right, these, it's on the players, right? Totally. It's totally on the players. I mean, like I said, the, the, the accountability goes across the organization. But the reality is that the players are the ones that have to execute. The players are the ones that have to do it on the field. And at the end of the day, they're just not getting it done. And if they don't get it done, then we don't, they don't win. If they don't win, then, then there's ramifications. On the flip side, Hal did give Boone and Cashman a vote of confidence, which I think was the right move. Um, in particular, here's what he said about Boone, and I want to get your take on it. Am I mad at what I see? Absolutely. I'm aggravated, frustrated, angry. But that's not going to push me to make a knee-jerk reaction to get rid of somebody that I believe the players respect, want to play for, want to win for, and overall has done a good job keeping that clubhouse together through this difficult three months. It's hard to argue with that statement, especially the part where 
the players respect Boone and they want to win for Boone. It's not Boone's fault that Clint Frazier is batting 186. That's true. All that is true. Um, it's really not. I mean, look, I, I guess you could do that. Suppose you did that. Then, then what did you do? You know, I, I, I don't know. It's like it's I, – I think before one makes that assessment, one has to finish the season. You finish the season, the Yankees are out of it, don't do anything, and then, then maybe that's the direction you go. But right now that's not the direction you take. I, I, I applaud Hal for taking that stance. Hal is not going to be knee-jerk. He's going to look at it. He's looking at it objectively, as, as objectively as he possibly can, and he's trying to use logic in the situation, and he's definitely not going to panic. I mean, I have to applaud Hal for that as well. He's not panicking. We, there, there's no reason to – There is well, there's a reason to be concerned, but there's no reason to panic. There's a difference between being concerned and panicking. There's a difference – there is there is reason to struggle, be concerned about their play, but there is really no reason for them to panic at this point because that's not going to get it done. They just have to – you know, it's one of those things about putting one foot in front of the other. You have to win some games, it's, and it starts now. They, got, they have to do damage against the Mets, you know, which I think they can do. Uh, and they have to take it on from there, and you know, then that, and then they're gonna they have to beat Seattle, they have to beat Houston before the break, uh, and then but the real the real season is the real season is going to come down to the Red Sox series. They're, I think they're back to back series, and at the end of July, it's like eight games in there in the schedule. Those eight games will will tell the tale. I mean, to me, if the if the if the Mets, if the Yankees do well, those eight games they could cut this deficit down dramatically. If they don't do well. Then, or if they play, they just tread water. They play 500. Then I think that's the end of them. But that's but that's a long way off yet. Yeah, you're right. So right after the break, the Yankees play the Red Sox at home for four. Then they welcome the Phillies for two, and then the Red Sox again for four in Fenway. So I mean, those ten games. Although let's, let's take the Phillies out of the equation because the, the Red Sox right now would be a two game swing. Right, so right. every game you win, you pick. It's like winning two, losing, losing two. So it's like a two-game swing. So those games will be dramatically important to the Yankees. But if the Yankees are within striking distance, the Yankees have to hope that they can whittle that that number down before they play them at the in July twenty-first or twenty-second. I think is the first series, right? I think that's what it is. Uh, in up in Fenway or in Fenway is the twenty-second. Yes. Yeah. So before then, are we here? Or we play them here at home the fifteenth. Okay, so we so they've got the let's see, it's 50, so you got two weeks, but yep. as we record this, you've got two weeks to say, okay, let's do it when we can. Let's try to take that deficit, which is at nine. Let's try to get if we can get it down to six. If we get it down to six, pick up a little bit of ground. And the head-to-heads could really, really help us, or it could kill us. It could end their season. But I don't think that it's the, I don't think they're going to get swept or beaten in those head-to-heads like that. I think the Yankees are going to do all right. Hopefully, they have Severino back as well. That may help them in the next two weeks. That could help them dramatically. So let's see where that plays. But the Yankees know what they need to do. And I mean, the fan base knows what it needs to do. The Yankees have to win. Just stop worrying about things. Stop worrying about distractions. Just win some games. One more item from Hal Steinbrenner meeting with the media. He did say that the Yankees are not sellers. Sitting nine games back on July 2nd. Do you agree with that tactic? Read the quote. Read, read the quote. Read the entire quote to me. Because there's a word in there, there's a two words in there that, that says, right now, as we do this, they're not sellers, which is right now. But in two weeks, three weeks, when, after we've played the Red Sox, and we're up at the All-Star game, you know what, and we're at the trading deadline, rather, near the trading deadline, he may change his tune. If, we, if we're double, if the Yankees are double digits out, he's going to change his tune. Because, read, read the quote, there's a quote in there that alludes to that somewhere. I don't remember what it was, but I remember reading it. Okay, I have it. Um, I think I have it. That's not a direction I'm, con- I'm contemplating right now or even thinking about. 
we have faced a situation four or five years ago where we were just hitting, where we just weren't hitting, didn't have the offense, didn't seem like we could get what we needed to get us over the top. The difference is we had aging players, players that were kind of at the end of their career. So we made some trades and we got rid of some, some guys. But I just don't see this as that situation, which I agree with. You had guys like Tex and A-Rod clogging up the bases, and they were going station to station on what should have been a double. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to listen to you for a second while I look at something, because I, I could swear somewhere in that statement that he alludes to the fact when he talks about the trading deadline, we're not, we're not going to do that as of now. He says something along the lines that indicates where we presently are, he's not going to do it. Well, where we presently are is nine games out. Where we may not be is, you know, who knows where this is going to go. I mean, if we, if obviously if we're close, we pick up some ground, they're obviously not going to be sellers. But if we drift further out, I, I've got, I, I'm almost going to, he almost has to change his mind once we hit. But I think, but that's the trading deadline, which is a month away. So we got a month of baseball, which is a lot, a lot of baseball. You know, so, you know, we'll see where, where this takes us, but that's my sense of it. I'm just looking for the quote in here somewhere. So I yeah, can find no, it. you're right. And, and I couldn't agree more with the statement made on July 1st. Right. And I think that's your point. Like, look at this lineup. It's built to win a World Series. If the players do their jobs, they're going to do well. Yes, that's, that's right. I mean, if we do our jobs, if the players do their jobs, they're going to they're gonna do well. I mean, he gave a vote of confidence to Boone. He gave a vote of confidence to the, to the coaching staff, which is right. I'm, I'm general manager. I'm Cashman. He's done a good job, you know, in, in the aggregate, you know. So when, you know, on the players, he clearly goes to the players, right? He talks about that there was their responsibility, inconsistent offense, bad base running. That lies with the players. They're the ones that have to make this thing right on the field. They're talented athletes who are playing the, this game at its highest level. They need to fix this problem. He's totally right. You know, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. You know, and, uh, you know, there's been some there's been, what Now, here's the trade thing. Let me see what it's got. Track record. Tanaka, piece of a chance. If we feel not good enough, we need another piece. He's talking about what he's always been able to do, which is go out and get pieces. When the Yankees needed pieces, he was willing to spend to get it. But they need to be need to show, demonstrate that they actually need the piece. Um, let me get inside Tanaka. I was just looking for one. I, I haven't been able to find it, unfortunately. But there the point was, is there, though. Right? Yeah, like I mean, right now. The term yeah, right now. I think that's what he says. He says right now. And, that, and that's right. As of now, he's, they, they, he doesn't plan on us being sellers. The Yankees being sellers. As of now, nine games out. You start to conga line out, to drift out. You get to 11 or 12, with, with, and there's no more. The head-to-heads are then limited. The chances of catching the Red Sox or Rays or whomever is going to be really, 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 very, diff- really, very difficult. So he knows that, and and they and he may change his mind. But right now they're right. It's too early to change. It's too early to throw in the towel. It just is. Even no matter how many games you are right now, it, this is the key. When you get to the trading deadline, you stop, you assess, so you see where you are, and if you need to throw in the towel, you throw in the towel and you make some deals. That will benefit you down the road. If you don't need to, if you're close, then you say, then you try to get a player or two that may put you over the top, get those key acquisitions that you can pick up at the trading deadline. So he, he, they, they're playing it right. I think Hal's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's his team, but, but honestly, I think he's playing this right. I really do. Right. And he can change his mind in three and a half weeks if, if he needs right. to. Completely understandable. Right. You can't come out now right. and be like, oh, by the way, anybody want my guys? It doesn't, <laughs> you right. can't do that. Um, right. I mean, I mean, the interesting thing to me is if they find themselves in a trade situation, who who are you going to trade? Who do you trade? 
I mean, if you want quality back, you've got to give quality. You just can't say, you know, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you the, 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 the bottom, you know, fifth of my roster, if, you know, for your, for the top part of yours. I mean, you're going to have to give something, whether it's on the major league roster or the 40 man roster or in the minor leagues, who exactly are you going to trade? That to me is more intriguing than anything else. Who do you? Yeah. Trade? yeah. Agreed. No, so. uh, and I'm not ready to make that no. decision no, no, uh, as a, as a fan, because, you know, my heart is in this team. Yes. You know, I, I don't want to get rid of, name a guy, Glaber Torres. I don't want to get rid of Glaber Torres. I'm bullish on him. I think he's going to be great. I, I, I think it's too early to give up on him. I yeah. think he's got, potential. he's got superstar potential. He does. Shifting gears, the 2021 version of the Subway Series kicks off this weekend. I should note before we go further, Al Leiter, who knows a lot about Subway Series, will be our guest in the coming weeks. Is that right, Flip? Uh, to my knowledge, to my, was it my last phone call, I hope so. <laughs> he was supposed to do it. He was trying to do it for now, but he got delayed. And he's been in uh, Omaha with the College World Series and been running around the country. His son is going to be a very high pick, Jack Leiter. He's going to be one of the top picks in the MLB draft, which is, you know, upcoming right here shortly. So he's been, you know, he's been sort of consuming around with, with Jack. So he's gracious enough and good enough to say uh, to me that he's willing to do this. He just has to do it next week. So let's talk about this year's Subway Series. How about that? Sure, I'm ready. How how hey, important? Which train are we on? Which train are we on? What's the train? Dude? I don't know. Uh, we're on the the four train. Does that work? Four train. Where's the four train? <laughs> so this is an audio podcast, and I could tell you, I'm staring at Flip walking out of the room. Where are you going, Flip? I'm getting dressed properly. Putting on my little cowboy hat here. This needs to be a video podcast based on based on that alone. How about this? It looks good. It looks good on you. No, no. What do you say? It looks good for you. I look good for me. You look good for you. Do I look like All right. I belong in the old west? Do I do I look like that? You do, and we're talking about the subway series, which are polar opposites. Uh yes. I just felt the need to put a cowboy hat on, so I did. Okay. All right, I'm ready now. <laughs> Anything can happen on curtain call. How important is this series for both teams? Well, you, you hit it on the head. It, it is important to both teams for different reasons. I mean, the, the Mets are trying to solidify their hold on the NL East, uh, which is the NL East is not a very strong division. And the Mets are like a good team in, in a very, very weak division. So they're trying to make sure that they can stay in first place and, and get some, put some distance between them and, and everybody else. So it's important to them. And also, you know, obviously bragging rights matter. So, 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 but besides bragging rights, it's important to them in the, in the, in the standings that they, that they uh, you know, do well against the Yankees. And the Yankees, obviously, it's only Yankees win the series because the Yankees are desperately trying to stay relevant here and in the races. So the Yankees need to, to, to win for those reasons. So they each have their reasons, different reasons, but the games are important to both. Isn't it crazy that you said that the Mets are in a weak division, which is true, but going into this season, that was one of the strongest divisions. I mean, I would have said that too. I think I did say that. Uh, because I, but the funny thing is to me, it's not how, how well the Mets have played. I thought the Mets could be okay. But I really thought the team, that, I mean, that you worry about and you look at it would be the Braves. With all that talent, you go, it's got to be the Braves, right? And it's not. Braves have played very poorly. Very poorly. The Mets and the Yankees have the same amount of wins. What's that? What did you say? The Mets and the Yankees have the same amount yes, of wins. That's right. So, but again, when you're playing in a weak division, you know, okay, when you're playing the American League East, which is, you know, got the Red Sox are the best record in the American League. And, and Tampa's a couple of games behind them. 
So there's a lot going on in American League East and, and the Yankees right now. And, and you know, and Toronto is, is greatly improved. So oh, that, right. their stuff. What do you, what's that? What do you got to wait? You white balancing? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to make sure I look good. Well, it's a good thing with a sheet of paper. I mean, <laughs> you better get a couple of notebooks. Uh, let me run down the pitching matchups. Friday, Montgomery versus Walker. Saturday's a big game for Cole. Cole versus Stroman. Big start, is it not? Yes, it's a big start for Cole. It's a definitely because he's coming off a, a poor one, a really poor one, and, and that's not who he is, and he needs to, to demonstrate that once again. That's And by the way, that's, he's your ace. You pay him the money and because you need to win big games. And that is a big game. The whole series is, is a big series. So he needs to come up big, big up. He needs to come up large. Yes. Sunday, Mets throwing out rookie, only two games in his career, Tyler Megill versus veteran for the Yankees, TBD. I tell you, TBD is really good. <laughs> TBD is having a really good year. Um, you know, it's, there's his brother, you know, TBA. TBA, yes. Yeah, this is like his brother. So Yeah, they're no, both great. Well, they get confused with each other. You know, it's, it's the TB thing. To be yeah. or not to be. It's like to be or well, not to be. Well, they look identical. They both look like silhouettes. Well, that's the question. To be or not to be. That is the question, yes. Yeah, uh, yes, they do. I, a lot of people confuse them. That's true. All right. Are we done with that? Let me. Yeah, I want to move <laughs> off a of Subway series, but before we do... You are a baseball savant, for lack of a better term. I want to throw some uh, Subway Series trivia at your way. Uh, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do trivia. I'm putting you on the spot. All right, put me on the spot. I'm putting I mean, the boss on the spot. Right? I could get in trouble here. Yes. No, nah, you're not going to get in trouble. I mean, if it's wrong, which is that it. <laughs> Name the four people who managed yeah. both the Mets and the Yankees. Only four people did this. Uh. Uh, Casey Stengel, yep. Um, uh, Joe Torrey, correct. Uh, one's hard. One's one you should get. Uh, let's see, Torrey. Torrey's Green. the most recent. Dallas Green. Dallas Green. That was the hard one. Uh, see. So, so I'm missing an easy one or a hard one? Yeah, you should have got this one. You want a hint? Yeah. Uh, Hall of Famer. Oh, Yogi. Yogi Berra. Yogi, yes. Okay. All right. So you get uh, three and a half out of four there. You needed a little help. Uh, yeah, okay. Three and some help. <laughs> Only one person has had his number retired by both organizations. Who is it? Oh, I know that. That's, that'd be Casey, Casey Stengel. Exactly. This is a good one. Yeah. Only one pitcher yeah. has 60-plus wins for both teams. David Cohn. Wow. That was quick. Too many works. I guess what it works. Yeah. I mean, come on. Only one player has hit ninety plus home runs for both teams. Only one player has hit ninety plus home runs for both teams. Ninety plus home runs for both teams. One hundred and fifteen for the Yankees. Yeah. Ninety five for the Mets. Regular season. This is hard. You're not going to get this. Uh, give me initials. CG. Oh uh, yeah, I got I got it out. Uh, uh, Curtis Granderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the initials really helped me. I don't want to go there. That's a tough. That's a, that's the toughest question of all. Because you just yeah. don't, you just don't realize. You just don't think that you just don't remember Curtis Granderson. Not many people remember him as a Met, although he played for the Mets recently. They just don't, I don't I don't think I didn't associate. Him. I didn't think of him as a Detroit Tiger, as a New York Yankee. I just don't think of him as a Met. Isn't that fun? 
Same. And I would have said Daryl Strawberry to that question. It, you know what? Probably, I almost did say that. He's probably but way I, off. For initials. Well, if you said DS, I would have said Daryl Strawberry, but you didn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, like, I, I was representative on the trivia. That's it. That's, those are, I, some of those questions are hard. Some of those, those are hard. hard. You know, you did, uh, the managers. You did well on the managers. Yeah, I did, I did fairly well at that. You know, then I did do as well as uh, I did all right. What was the other thing? It was multiple. Was it? No, I guess I was Casey Stangle retired yeah. number. Oh, I got that one. That's like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's number thirty-seven. Is that right? It is thirty-seven. Right. I got uh, that. Yeah, I did okay. I did. I I didn't disgrace myself. I did all right. I, I usually don't do that well at trivia. Believe it or not, I, I I know the players. I know the names. But sometimes with the the statistics, who was second in this? Who was third in this? Who was fifth in this? It's it's not the numbers all run together to me for me some, some for some reason. No, I'm the same way, and I hate hearing who is third in this without getting context of who was first and second. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's one yeah. of the things we preach. Yes, don't ever put on a, on a graphic. You know, so and so was second, and then don't tell me who was first. You got to tell me who was first. You have to give context to things. You have to. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So this weekend, when the Yankees play the Mets, it'll be the official yeah. halfway point of the Yankees season. Yeah. That said, can we play some uh, halfway point awards? Yeah, sure. Let's okay. Cool. AL MVP. You want me to go first, or you go? Uh, this one's a layup. This one's a layup. Uh, it, it is, it is, and, there, and, and but there are, there are, uh, con- this context to it, I think. All right. Oh, yeah. I would go with, I'm going with Guerrero. I mean, he's just had such a great first half that, you know, and, and Toronto is, isn't it, you know, they're in it, they're going to fight for a wild card. So I, I've got to sort of give it to him. Although I must tell you, Bogarts is just great. He just is. Uh, and he's, one of the reasons the Red Sox are where they are is Bogarts, but he's, I mean, he has help too. Devers and Martinez, and you know, um, they, they've got a lot of support everywhere. But, but I, I, I'm going to go with Martinez. I'm going to go with uh, with Guerrero. I'm going to go with Guerrero too. I think yeah. the thing that fights, um, that works against yeah. Bogarts, is Devers. Yes, that's probably right. That that would take away some votes too, because Devers deserves some consideration. I mean, he's not going to win it, but he'll get he'll get he'll get votes. So will Bogarts. They'll get they'll get second place votes, third place votes, whatever. But they'll get votes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have to say Shohei when at least having the conversation. Shohei. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's absolutely right. I mean, that, you know, that's true. You know, he could be second, he, depending on how his year plays out. You know, it, you know, it's hard for me to see, even though what he's doing is remarkable. It's so remarkable. I mean, he deserves, if there was a player of the year, see, that's where, the, that's where this thing is really confusing to me. They should have a, a most valuable player who should go to the team that, is, that makes a difference. He's most valuable. Then he should have a player of the year. You know, the most valuable player. Player of the year could be, could be if, the, if, the, if the Toronto finishes like third or fourth. You know, he may be the player of the year, but he's not the most valuable player then. The most valuable player should go to someone else. So, and, and then when you look at you look at Shohei, what he's doing is absolutely remarkable, and he deserves. I mean, he could win the Cy Young. I mean, he could win lots of things. Although the performance of the night wasn't good, um, he's got lots of. Oh my God, where do you put him? I mean, he, he deserves consideration for any award they give. I don't care what his his name is going to be, and he deserves it. Uh, yeah. What he's done is just a remarkable achievement of the year of, of the decade. Uh, which is only one year old, I guess, a decade. But let's let's say the century would go to would go to him. It's just remarkable what he's done. It's watching him is is like a talent. A, a, we're talking about seminal. It's beyond seminal. I have never seen anything like it. And he was hitting leadoff the other night. 
So when's the last, when's the last time? When's the only time you see a guy pitch, a guy hit, player play, pitch, a player hit, same player, and a player hits leadoff who pitched? When does that I happen? Was it the first time in 100 years at Yankee Stadium? I think I saw something like um, that. It's got to be some. It's not even an aberration. It's, it's a, you look at it, you go, like, that's, that is an achievement. An aberration is like, you know, it's, it's kind of a streaky, freaky thing. But this is, this is just a, a tremendous talent. This is like a talent like I've never seen. Amazing. Bef- agreed. Before we move on to NL MVP, a name that nobody will yeah. recognize or, or bring up, but they should yeah. when talking yeah. AL MVP, is Cedric Mullins of Baltimore. Yeah, he, he plays for like Baltimore. That. That's his well, problem. Well, that's your problem, really. That's your problem. <laughs> I mean, I, by how the how they, last time I looked at like twenty three games out as of last when I looked at the standing. I think it's twenty three. Yeah, you're right. Twenty three and a half. Twenty. They lost a half a game since then. So, like they don't <laughs> even play. They don't even play, and they lose games. It <laughs> goes that way. So, oh, let me yeah. check. Let me hit the standings link. Yeah. Twenty three and a half. Yeah, they lost one overnight. Sleeping. They lost a half a game overnight. <laughs> wow this is, this is, i'm so sorry for you it's a long year i mean <laughs> this is the yankees having a long year right now but but uh but talk about like hope right hope is hope is not a plan that's always hope, hope is not a plan. plan it is not a plan it's an aspiration though you want to have hope you want to believe and everybody wants to believe their team can do this can win this can come back from this can do whatever or a player can you know achieve something beyond what you think they could achieve um but you know the Orioles need uh, a lot of hope they need a lot of hope. They do. Let's do NL MVP. Yep, sure. Uh, you or me? I let me go first because I this mean, one is great. Is it's it not as easy. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're no, the no, boss. You, you go no, first. No, no, you go. This is what. This is why I like this one because yeah. it should go to Nick Castellanos, but the Reds are eight games out. But it's not going to go to him. Yeah, because he plays but, in Cincinnati. But he's a complete hell of a player. I mean, don't get me wrong. But I. But he's not going to win. You think he's going to win the MVP? No, but he should. Batting three forty six, a one point zero zero five OPS. Right. You think he's? Gonna, you think at the end of the year he's going to three forty six? No, he's better. Than That's why it's the halfway awards. Oh, okay. Because so so, <laughs> no, what you take two, put it, divide it to three forty six. No, he's no, he's a, he's he's looking. He's a very he's an excellent player, no, no doubt. He's an excellent hitter. I uh, I don't know that he's uh, in that conversation. I mean, but we, there's other things that see. There's other pictures that are clear cut. You got. I mean, I'm trying to give you a hint. Fernando Tatis. Well, yeah. What you want me to say? I Ronald Acuna. To. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more Tatis because look at the Padres. Yeah, Tatis is the winner. Yeah, I mean, I think he is. Yeah. Look at what he's done. Look at what the Padres are doing. Right. Yeah. No, Padres the winner. Yeah, um, so. NL Cy Young. This one's the biggest layup. In oh, all that's, that's I mean that's that's <laughs> like how could it not be no Degrom and he finishes first second third fourth and fifth <laughs> so who's sixth? Yeah, I mean it's got to be Degrom, um, right? I mean I, no, no, what I'm even not not, not my question. It is Degrom. Al Cy Young. You want me to give you the three finalists in my mind, or do you want to just spit it out here? Yeah, because I mean, this one's hard. Well, uh, Cole would be one. Agreed. You know, Cole was someone that has to get a lot of consideration. He's played pitched well, and you know, he's struggling a little bit lately, though. So we'll see how that that plays out. But a lot of the pitchers are struggling, you know, lately. Um, what's the, the pitcher with the White Sox? Rendon. Yep. Yeah, he's he would pretty, be another one. Yeah, I mean, I give him some consideration for sure. Uh, Through no hitter, too. It's very impressive. Um, yeah, see. everyone did. See. Well, that's true too. I'm sorry about that. That's you're right about that. Um, let's see. 
The other one, I think, is Kyle Gibson. Oh, yeah, sure, with, yeah. with the Rangers. Yeah, but yeah, Texas he, is in last place. Yeah, but he's having a heck of a year. I mean, he gets some, he'll get some votes for sure. I mean, I tend to think it would be those, those three. But I, yeah. but I, right now, I, right now, Cole is, I think it's probably the, I, look, Gibson is conceded. There's, there's the argument again. There's the argument about player of the year and, you know, player of the pitcher of the year, player of the year, I don't, as opposed to MVP, as opposed to Cy Young. I mean, you could sort of, it's like split hairs here all you want. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's the fun part of this discussion because you could say, well, you're really most valuable when you're having a big year, but you're not on a very good team or vice versa. I mean, et cetera, you know, so. You could make that case for the Cy Young, I suppose, but two, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, pitcher of the year, player of the year, Cy Young, I don't know. Although I knew Cy Young, according to somebody who wrote in a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you and Abe Lincoln hung out with him. Yeah, me and Abe on the front porch with Cy used to come over and sit down. We put the Yankee games on, you know, because we, we, you know, we watch through the app. Those of you, yes, there's an app. I don't know if you know that. Oh, it has an app. We have an app, yeah. <laughs> so I used to watch the games through an app. Uh, on the porch, with, you know, with Abe, and uh, I, I liked Abe. Cy would come over, good guy, you know, I liked him. Occasionally, Ty would show up, but he, we didn't like him. He was kind of a bully. We didn't like Ty very much, you know. Cy, um, Flip, and Abe. There's a threesome. And Ty. Ty, we got a four. We got a oh, four. Ty. Yeah, well, congratulations to the winners of our prestigious Halfway Point Awards. That's right. You know what they do that, they, that we didn't do? You know, they, rate, I know where you're going. And subscribe. Yes. That's what they do, Kevin. That's right. Now, Lighter is our guest next week. And those things that we have like the worst meetings. We, we, oh, I've talked about this for this for like five minutes. And then I don't even know if we do that. And then we go get, we go on tangents. Well, mostly me. I go on like these different tangents. Yeah. Hard don't to change. believe. Hard to believe. Let me put my cowboy hat on. <laughs> All right. Well, you put your cowboy hat on. I'm going to ask you a very important question. The saddle again. Roy Rogers, Trigger. That was Roy Rogers' horse, Trigger. Trigger, yeah. Yeah. More importantly, are you ready to go to the mailbag? I am. Even more importantly, are you ready for our producer, Matt Stucco, to plug in our new jingle? Wow, that's right. We have a new jingle. That's right. You know, yeah. I really want to hear this. This is great. Should people get ready for this? I mean, should they, if they're driving their car, should they pull over the side road? <laughs> if they're, I mean, if they're on the train, should they get off the next stop? They can really concentrate on this? How do you want to handle this? Yeah, yeah. And if you're on a treadmill, maybe get off. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, because this, this is a moment for us. This was written and recorded by A.J. Herman from the digital team at Yes. Um, play it, Stuck. Well, what do you think? I thought that was a great jingle, Flip. I didn't hear it. That's because we're going to put it in post. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, it's great. It's the best thing I've ever heard. Who came up with that? I didn't know this. That's awesome. That's great. Doc, did you do that? That's like your best work by far. Good job by you there. All right. If you want to get in contact with us, curtain call at yesnetwork.com. We read all those emails. This this week it comes from Patrick in Trumbull. I assume that's Connecticut. Yo, wait, wait a minute. I just heard the jingle. Well, I'm going to be singing it in my head. Like I've been singing it to myself. Yeah. Okay. Let me know how that works. Not good. Not good. Okay. Not good. All right. I'm ready. Here's, what it, here's ready. Patrick's email. Come on, Patty. What you got? I'm a 47-year-old Yankees fan who recently attended a game with a few friends. 
While we were there, they all made fun of me for bringing my glove to the game, saying that only kids bring gloves to the game. I didn't know of this quote-unquote rule, but given the razzing I received, it must be true. My question to you two is, should adults be allowed to bring a glove to the game without being made fun of? I bring a glove to the game. Do you really? No. (laughs) Why'd you say it? Because I applaud him. I think Patty, wherever you are, Patrick, and and Trumbull Connect, is that what some Trump? Trumbull, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what the that, like isn't it the Little League uh, team comes from Trump? Little League World Series, yeah. You, you want to you want yeah. me to you brought up bad memories, so um, I, I, bad I'm memory? from I'm from Trumbull. I played in that you league. Yeah. I was 13 when the 12 year olds went, and I batted yeah. 650 that year. Also, but you did oh because you I was were, off by a year. Well, yeah, that's usually what happens with you. And yeah, there's always something. And but I'm a December birthday, so I'm old. So yeah. everybody in my grade who I'm buddies with, we're on that team. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. So I'm, I'm still upset. I could tell. I'm sorry that this affected you the way it did. There's a couch <laughs> over there. Would you like to lay down? And we'll get you a pack of cigarettes. And we can, <laughs> like, that's what was the smoke. But, you know, that's what people do sometimes in offices. And we can, we can relive your childhood and all of the, the trauma that came from it. I'm so sorry this all happened to you. Although it explains a lot in your adulthood why you're the way you are. So I, I, do, I absolutely understand it now. I'm sorry, though. Anyway, to go back to the question, let's go back Patrick. to the question. Yeah, Patrick, Patrick needs to know. Um, Should he bring his glove? You know what? Good for Patrick. You know, if he wants to go and bring a glove, let him go bring a glove. You know, if he wants to, you know, maybe hopefully he catches a foul ball. It's the dream of every fan, I think, to catch a foul ball. So if that helps him catch the foul ball. It means he's engaged. He's more engaged in the game because of it. Good for him. Let him have a good time. It's the whole idea about going to a game is to have fun, right? It's to sit down and enjoy the game. If you want to chase foul, foul balls, chase foul balls. If you want to go shop, go shop. If you want to go eat, you go eat. If you want to do a little bit of everything, you do a little bit of everything. You take the sun and you do whatever. It's a nice day out. And hopefully your team wins. That's, that's pretty important too for you as a fan. As a fan. But if all those things happen or some of those things happen, it's a nice thing, nice way. I've spent a lot of my life in ballparks. And I must tell you, I don't regret it. I really enjoyed the experience. I still enjoy it. Every time I go, and I've been doing this for how many years? I've gone to how many, I don't know, hundreds or thousands. I don't know how many games I've been to personally. A lot. Um, I must tell you that every time I go, it's a joy. I enjoy it. Now, when a team plays well, it's better. When they play, don't play as well, it's not as good. But, but you know, it's still a wonderful experience, and it's worth going. That's it. That's my two cents or five cents. So um, that was like 15 cents. Um, yeah, but that's me. You know, I don't, I don't, do any, I don't shortchange anybody. <laughs> no, you don't. Really On is. the surface, I agree with you. Anything that brings you joy and you have fun, yeah. like who cares what anybody else thinks? No, but there's an expression for that which we won't use. But you know, you 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 enjoy yourself. Don't worry about what if you look. You, he should he should be confident enough in his own skin to say, "I want to bring a glove." If you don't like it, I'll ask your opinion. I want to go have a good time. I'm bringing my glove. I hope he catches a dozen foul balls. I have one. But I want to insert Ugh. here. What? I have a butt. One butt. All right. One butt. Good. If you catch, if you're an adult yeah. and you catch a ball, give it to a kid. You have to immediately give it to a kid. You I, have to. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Although that's a personal choice. If somebody decided that they, those well, home runs get hit by the opposition, right? Suppose you're like a fan of the other team and you catch a ball. You're going to throw it back? Don't you have a fan right to say, I'm not a fan of your team. I'm a fan of this team, and I have a right to keep the ball. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, rules, unwritten rules, whatever. I would say, though, honestly, you should give it to a kid. 
because I've seen cases where it's been, it's not a fair thing. So a, a big adult, a little kid, a little kid really wants the ball. The adult gets it, he runs away with it. It's like, give it to the kid. Come on, give it to the little Give kid. it to the kid. Give it to and the you, kid. And, and that's why it. Patrick little, go ahead, going go through the effort to bring a glove might have been wanting to keep the ball, I'm thinking. Yeah, see, it takes a lot of some of the luster away if that's the case. Then I have to change my old, my old speech. So give it to the little kid. I feel better. Don't make me change my speech here. No, right, but so you were right. Goes, have fun. Go to the game and have fun. That's, 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 that's really a lot of it. That's a lot of it. Period. Uh, out of left field here, Flip. Yeah. Does your wife listen to the show? Sometimes. Because I think I might have got you in trouble two weeks ago. When I, I said, yeah, yeah. I, I bring you bagels and you're not allowed to oh, eat bagels. Oh, I know. I know. You got me busted. Did you get yelled at? Yeah. You did? Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. That's all right. I mean, it's worth it for a good pumpernickel on toast. Bagel. Yeah. I love pumpernickel bagels toasted with a little bit of butter. Oh, my God. Is it yeah. Great? Yeah. It's and then. Great, life's great pleasures. It's been a while since I brought you a coffee. I want to say cream. Now I'm really going to get you in trouble. Yeah. Cream and uh, sugar. Half and a half, no sugar. Oh, half and half. Like I like, like a, you know, an artificial sweetener that's good for you. There's no such thing. A stevia, oh, maybe? Yeah. That's, isn't, that, isn't it better than some of the other things? Yeah, but still not good. All right. Hey, we're going to a new seg, another segment, one of my favorite segments. But we do not have music yet. But we're still going to do it anyway. Right, this me, week in Yankees history. Okay. Is that the these jingle? are going to be great. Was there a jingle right there? <laughs> There's no jingle. We did. Okay. AJ's working on that jingle. Um, July 1, 1990, Andy Hawkins throws a no-hitter against the White Sox and loses 4 nothing. I remember that game. Wasn't that great? <laughs> it wasn't great. It was awful. I remember the wind took a ball, and it was yeah, – and, and, uh, the left Was it Lairitz? I think it was. He was playing left field. I remember the, the play happened in left field, I remember. And, uh, he, and he just – he just botched it, and they won everything. Then the game, no hit of the. He still took a no hit. Well, they do, you don't get credit for a no hit if you lose. Correct. So they, yes. he never got credit for a no hitter. But they, I don't think they got any hits in that game. I think he uh, got credit for a no hitter, and they later changed the rule. Mm. So what happens then? They go back and they change it. And you still, you don't get credit anymore. I think so. Yeah. So you have credit, and then they take it away from you when they change the rule like 50 years after the fact or 40 years after the fact. Right. You're saying that's not fair? It's a little bit like being in purgatory, and then they tell you that whatever sin you committed was, is now not a sin anymore, and, but they don't let you out. <laughs> so it's like I don't understand that. I could be wrong. Maybe they told them right then it's not a no-hitter. No, I mean, I think it, I think it used to count. I mean, when when Harvey Haddock's threw his twelve perfect innings, and uh, he lost the game, um, but he had twelve perfect innings. Nine innings is perfect, right? Game he had twelve. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but it didn't count because uh, they they didn't count it as a perfect game because it was a, you know oh no how he lost it was like one of the guys passed somebody because I guess it was a home run Joe Adcock hit. And what did he do? He passed the guy on the bases and was then ruled a double. And I don't know what happened. It was crazy. But but because he lost, he didn't get the perfect game. I mean, he threw 12 perfect. It was a year they went to the World Series, the Pirates. I mean, but he threw like 12 perfect games, not in the World Series. Let me clarify that. Make sure that nobody misunderstands that. The regular season game, but but still no. But and, and he didn't, he didn't, obviously didn't, he, he pitched and he didn't finish. 
so he didn't get credit, right? But he had, because he went after nine, you could say up nine is a perfect game, should be a perfect game, but it's not because the game went to extra innings. It's not a game, yeah. It's not it's a full not game. game. Right, it's, it's like the argument about seven inning no hitters. Is that a full game? Yes, because it's a full game. It's you, over. But you sell everybody you're going to play seven innings, and it's yeah. considered a full game. So if you throw a seven inning no hitter, it should count as a no hitter. We got into that argument with, with baseball. Totally agree. Yeah. I agree. Yep, I'm with you. We got to call Manfred. All right, my next date, yeah. July 1, 2004. The Jeter dive game. Yeah. When uh, he sta- into the stands. Yeah. I'm going to add more trivia. Yeah. Do you know who drove in the winning run in that game in the 13th inning? Oh, I know that. I know that. I love this one. That was uh, Flaherty. Yeah. Our own John Flaherty. On a double. Yeah. But he got, he actually was a double, but he got credit for a single because he didn't go to second base. Correct. Yeah. It's I called remember. the Jeter dive game. Yeah. And Flaherty won it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it's Flaherty's game. <laughs> Remember uh, the pitcher was on the mound? No. You win Jeter dove in the stands? Oh. Oh, I do. Tanyan Sturts? Yes, Tanyan Sturts. Very good. Wow, I can't believe I got that. I can't believe you got it either. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. You can stop it. Uh, um, July 3rd. Happy birthday, Brian Cashman. It's also the anniversary of Gettysburg. July 3rd? Well, Gettysburg was over a couple of days. It was like July the 2nd, the 3rd, uh, the 4th, and I think that battle ended on the 5th, something like that. But okay. It happened in that, in that was a couple of days. Gettysburg. Any, you've ever been to Gettysburg? You ever go to been no. There? no. It's an incredible thing. It's like every American should see Gettysburg. It's an incredible okay. experience. Yeah, very, very, very humbling and very, very, uh, very awe inspiring and very overwhelming emotionally. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And you're a history buff, so that's right up your alley. Yeah, I do love history. That's why I like this. That's why I like. I worked on the history of the Yankees. Yeah. that was that was among the most fun I've had here. At yes, was was working on that series. It took a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun to part of our Yankeeography series. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I was I was very honored to be part of that because that there was a lot to edit that that series down a couple of hours, which we did. Of course, and all those moments and tell that story in a way that made sense, and because you have to tell it from in a way where you're not overwhelming or you know or being so redundant to people who know it, and yet you you also have to remember you're trying to educate people who who are interested in this and maybe don't know. So that, there's a fine line between overeducating, undereducating. How much you, you do? How much you do? It's obvious. How much you take for granted? How much you do? You just say, you know what? People need to know. They just don't know this. I'm assuming in their work from this, from this place of that place. You know, so people understand. It, it's not. It was fun though, but I enjoyed it. But Gettysburg I, was amazing. I just have two more. Uh, if yeah. we're going to bring up birthdays, we should bring up July Fourth. Is obviously George Steinbrenner's right. birthday, and I believe John Sterling. Is that right as well? Yes. July Fourth. Yes. Um, and lastly, July 4th, 1939, Lou Gehrig makes his luckiest man in the world speech, yes. which I don't think there's a more iconic speech in all of sports. Or maybe there is. And I, I am not thinking of it. I don't I mean, there's some new Rockney things that are unbelievable, but nothing is as quoted and nothing is as remembered, certainly as, you know, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That's, yeah. Yeah. Nothing is as quoted or as remembered. Yeah, you know, there's some very great speeches, but nothing is on that, on that level. That is the most famous, the most iconic, uh, you know, the, and you know, the most maybe the maybe the most endearing of them all. Yeah, I think so. Newt Rockney, obviously, those are great. Don't stop till we get over that goal line. Yeah. Um, Jimmy V, never give up, is another good one. Yeah. 
Yeah, Winston um, Churchill will fight him on the beaches is a good one, too. I don't know if that falls under sports. No, it doesn't, but it's a great... It's, you know, I'll tell you what, though. You're talking about awe-inspiring things, right? Whether they be in sports or they be in you know, a different part of, of life. Uh, so those of you who don't know Churchill, other than he's a figure in history, should read some of it. Just forget his greatest quotes. Go Google Churchill's greatest quotes or whatever. What's the Churchill? You'll find him to be very inspiring. I mean, he inspired the British people. He willed them to 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 save Britain in the Second World War. He willed them to to, to do the things that they went on to do. It's Churchill's will. So I mean, he's an incredible figure in history and worth worth reading. And then I'll move on from to that little soapbox. But but no, I mean, you know, you should take you take a lot out of, and you should take a lot out of, whether that be from sports or it be from you know, history or news, I mean, whatever part of the world, whatever part of life we're talking about, there are people who say things or do things that are just so inspiring. And you need to, you need to take note of those things because all, all of us in our own life sometimes need that inspiration. We all battle different things and we have to be able to find little mechanisms to battle the world with. And sometimes quotes are a very, very good thing in a way of, of giving you strength and hope and, and helping you get through difficult situations, no, no matter where you find them. I don't know how we got onto this, but you're right. And there was one that moved me yesterday. <laughs> you're going to laugh at me. It was from yeah. Dave Matthews. <laughs> oh, the uh, band. Yeah, Dave Matthews band. Yeah. yeah. And I heard the song a million times, yeah. but it talked to me yesterday. It was, what did he say? What, I've, what I want is what I've not got, but what I need is all around me. Right? Like, yeah. All this, yeah. All this other stuff I want, but what I need is right here. I don't know how we got off on this flip. <laughs> Well, that's that's I mean that's that's not like we'll find them on the beaches stuff, but I mean it's good. It's a different yeah. kind of quote. It's a different kind of quote that talks to one's immediacy in life, one situation in life, right? What one needs, what one wants, what one helps, what whatever it was. I don't know, but, but I, it makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. He's Before pretty, we pretty successful, aren't they? The Dave Matthews band. They're pretty successful, aren't they? They are. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, big in my. I went to college in the '90s, so. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> don't go there don't go there don't go there with Abe that was 30 years don't go there right before, uh, be- Christy, right before Christy Mathis <laughs> before we go anywhere uh, we should congratulate our colleagues 37 Emmy nominations that was great I'm so proud of the group they did such a, a remarkable job it was a very very difficult year with COVID and the, you know the, the pandemic and the things that they all ensued because of it but uh, that's quite an achievement, and I, my, I tip my hat to our colleagues. And yes, 37 Emmy Awards, that's, I mean, nominations, that's a lot. That is, and, good, and a, well, a job well done. Completely agree. Is it time to land? In the words of the great, seminal, the best of all time, Ashley Fugazi, it's time to land the plane. So let's land that plane. Where we are, Ashley, here it comes. Here comes the plane. We're landing it. Finally. Someday I'll tell you the story about landing the plane, where that came from. But anyway, time to land a plane, baby. Let's go. 